If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. How many's happy to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. Me too. Glad to be here. And uh, me and Sister Skiles had a time, and she preached, and, and uh, there was a, a ladies, it was actually a, a women's uh, conference, and uh, she did the services in the morning, and I preached in the evening, revival meetings in the evening, and uh, she did an outstanding job. And, uh, you know, but that goes without saying. You all have heard her around here. Somebody said, you need to put her on the rotation more. And I said, all right, well, we'll get her on the schedule. Amen. <laughs> I love to hear as much as you love to hear. Amen. And, uh, but I, 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 we just, it was awesome just being with Pastor Ben and, and being at uh, Mosa, which is Mountain of Solutions and Answers Church. It's a powerful church, a wonderful church and a prayerful church, and a worshiping church, amen. Those folks know how to worship God, and shout, and dance, and praise God. And I thought, no wonder they're all so thin up there on the platform, because they do, it looks like they're doing aerobics while they're doing worship, and I'm like, man alive, amen. You know, And uh, but we just had a time, they treated us so wonderful, and I don't know if Pastor Ben's watching or not, but we love you, Pastor, and your wife, Christine, and, and uh, Sister Christine, and the church, they were just such a blessing, but but glad to be home and uh, with you folks. And this morning, going to be preaching for a little bit here on the cutting edge power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, in 2 Kings chapter 6, not a message you haven't heard me even preach before. I've preached it. And, uh, but you know, just because you've preached something one time doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to bring it out again and preach it and maybe go in a different direction. And so this morning, I know that the Lord spoke to me yesterday that this is what he would have me to preach. And, um, but uh, in second Kings chapter six, verse one, the Bible says, we're going to read this and then we'll pray. It says, and the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, or a, a wooden beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And Elisha answered and said, I will go. And so he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. And, uh, but as one was felling a beam, or cutting a beam, the axe head that he had fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. Not my axe head, but it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick, and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. It was a miracle that that iron uh, surfaced to the top. I don't know about you, but I've never seen a rock float to the top. Because that's how heavy that iron is. But this iron began to swim. <laughs> God knows how to make that which can't swim and which is not buoyant be buoyant. But he said, therefore said he, take it, up to thee and put, and he put out his hand and he took it. 
I want to preach for just a little bit here after I pray on the thought of the cutting edge of the power of the Spirit of God. Let's pray over this word. Father, we thank you for today, for the time to come to break open the bread of life. And I thank you for everyone that is in attendance here. Lord, there are those that maybe this is their first time. There are those, Lord, that are visiting today. And Lord, I I just know that it is the ordained will of God that everyone that is here is by divine appointment. And Lord, I pray that you will just anoint these lips of clay, anoint my life, Lord, and let the anointing, uh, Lord, rest upon me that as I speak, that you will minister life to each and every person. And God will give you all the glory and the honor and the praise today as you bless it, we ask you. And have thine own perfect will and wait. And God, I feel in my heart to say this, anoint the ears the eyes, the heart, God, of each and every person that's here, Lord, and touch them today. And let this be the the message that changes their life, Father God, that changes the trajectory and ministers to them. And God, we'll give you all the glory and honor, and we thank you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Now we read the scripture and I'm preaching this thought. I've gave you my title and I love this account in the Bible because it shouts of restoration and recovery of the power of God and the presence of God in each and every one of our lives. The possibility of it. How many knows that we serve a God who is a restoring God? How many in here have been restored in your life? Your marriage has been restored. Your children have have been restored. Your life has been restored. And some of you may say this morning, I'm in the restoration process. Well, praise God, you're in the process. Amen. Just hold on and don't give up. Don't quit on the brink of a miracle. You may be in the process of restoration and what God starts, He finishes. Amen. He's a God that starts and is the author and the finisher of our faith. But He said in His Word, I will restore what the canker worm and the palmer worm and the caterpillar and the locust have eaten and destroyed. I'll give you beauty for ashes. Amen. When you think there's nothing left out of that pile of ashes, God said, I'll give you beauty for that. I call those things that are not as though they were. Amen. I'm the God, amen, that can do things and moves and miracles of my grace and mercy on behalf of my people. Amen. He's a God of restoration. That's why I love this story because it seems hopeless to the prophet's son but God had another thing that he was doing amen he's a miracle working God and so the story begins with the prophets they're building they're expanding they're enlarging how many know that when you're growing and you're advancing even though you may be a prophet you still have problems too Sometimes people think, well, everybody in the church that seems to have it all together doesn't have any problems. We've all got problems. We all encounter times when we need God to intervene. Every one of us sitting in this building, and Jesus is the answer. Come on now. Jesus is the answer. So anytime we're growing and advancing, there's going to be problems. I've always quoted, and often I've said higher levels means higher devils. But God said, I want you to change that statement. I want you to retract that statement. And don't make your estimation of where you're at in God, uh, you know, limited or focalized on the the, the, the devil. Amen. Just know this, that that whenever you see the end, 
enemy begin to come in, just remember I raise up a standard against him. Just remember, focus on me and my power and on my authority and on my miracle working power. Hallelujah. Almighty God. Hallelujah. God said, focus on me. Focus on and marvel at the miracles that I begin to perform. Like Moses, stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. Give me a little monitor up here. But he said, don't focus upon the Egyptian army. Don't look at what's behind you. Forget those things that are behind you and press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. Press toward that victory that's in front of you. Step back and see the salvation of the Lord. So the prophets got to work and as one was cutting a beam, he lost the axe head in the water. I want you to notice that he didn't say my axe head. He said I lost the axe head because the axe head is symbolic of cutting edge and the power of effectiveness in our lives. Come on somebody. It speaks of the power of the Holy Spirit. It speaks of the power of an almighty God. God's talking to us today, but especially to my pillars and my leaders. Everybody in here, he's talking to you. But the Lord said specifically, minister and speak to your pillars and your spiritual giants. Because it was the sons of the prophets that were moving and growing and expanding and enlarging. Those ministry leaders that were spiritual, that were doing something for the kingdom of God. And we're all in the kingdom of God. But then there were those that were moving and advancing. But even those in those areas in their life, they still go through times where they lose that cutting edge. Amen. They go through times where they don't feel the fire of the Holy Ghost. They don't feel the power of God. They don't feel the anointing upon their life. And God is saying number one, the possibility to restore that is there. Don't ever lose hope. Amen. Don't ever give up. You serve a God who restores. Who pours out His Spirit upon His people. And intervenes in situations. The only way we build anything in our life, in our walk, in our ministry, in our marriages, in our families, in our friendships, is if we build by the power of the Holy Ghost. We must have the power of the Holy Ghost. Psalms 127.1 says, Except the Lord build the house, they that, labor in, they that labor, labor in vain, that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. But I can tell you, if God's in the midst of that building, if His Spirit's there, there's nothing that you cannot do for the kingdom of God and for God. Principles are great, but power is an absolute necessity. There's a lot of people that teach precepts and principles and they even teach the word of God and we need that. But we need the power of God. The Bible says the letter killeth but the spirit brings life. Amen. The spirit of God gives life and we need that power and that life today. It was God that said through Zechariah tell Zerubbabel that it's not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the Lord. In other words, you're going to see Jerusalem restored. You're going to see 
Israel restored. And it's not going to be by the might of a military army. It's not going to be by the might of a, a, a financial or money. It's not going to be by power, by man's standard. But it will be by my spirit, saith the Lord. By this power of the Spirit, the mountain shall be made a plain. By the power of His Spirit, He will finish what He started by the hands of Zerubbabel. By the power of His Spirit, you'll not despise the day of small things. See, the devil's lied to people and he's told them, you're not seeing any progress. Oh, don't despise the day of small things. Don't despise the day of small things. There was a time when some of you said, I'll never go to the house of God, but you're sitting here today. Yeah, but they're not where they need to be. Well, you weren't either when you started, so give them a little slack. Why do we put the expectation on people that we didn't even put upon ourselves? They're not serving God yet. That's all right. God said, don't despise the day of small things. Don't look at it and say, what's God doing? He's doing something. Every part of the work of God the moving of the mountains, the work of God through us in the mind not to despise the smallness of the beginnings of something is by His Spirit. The axe head was borrowed. It was not His. It was borrowed. It's not yours. It's the Spirit of God. That's why you got to be submitted to the Spirit of God. That's the problem with a lot of people. They don't see God move in their life because they're not submitted to the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. They're not submitted to the Spirit of God. So the axe head was borrowed. The power's not our own, but He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to think or ask according to the power that... That's right. Five of you knew it. Amen. I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying we need to know the Word of God. Ephesians. He said that God is able... To do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or even think according to the power that works within you. <laughs> Remember this. The effectiveness, the cutting edge of ministry in, in your life, in ministry, in marriage, in whatever it is, is not you but the power of God. That's where people make a mistake. They start thinking it's them. It's not them. It's the power of God. Amen. It's not you. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. It's not talent. It's not even giftings. It's the power of God. Almighty God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, today. Samson thought it was himself, but he woke up one day and realized that he wist not that the power of God had left him. The Spirit of God had left him. And he said, I'll do like I've always done and shake it off. Well, I can tell you he woke up and there wasn't no power there anymore. He was absolutely uh, impotent in a sense and without power. King Saul, the same thing. He, he thought it was by himself. He thought it was number in his army. But they both woke up one day and realized that the Spirit of God had departed from them. That axe head can fall in the water, church. Oh, what a gift the Holy Spirit is to us. Everything that we receive from God is a gift. His love, His faith, the mercy, the grace. Everything we receive, we receive from God. You can't fix yourself. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. You come on now. Somebody say, well, if I can just quit smoking and quit, just quit drinking and just quit doing drugs, if I can just quit cussing, then maybe I can come to church and I can serve the Lord. No. Come as you are. Come just as you are. Let God begin to do a work in you. Amen. And you that are in ministry, amen, just catch the fish. Let God clean them. Let Him clean them. Had a woman one time, she doesn't come here anymore, but years ago, I baptized her and whatever, uh, I began to baptize her. She had all kinds of, all kinds of piercings and everything. And, but when we got up to that baptistry, she looked at me and she said, they got to come off. And I thought, I didn't tell her that. I didn't go and just, you know, rake her over the coals. I didn't try to window dress her. The Spirit of God hit her and he said, this has got to go, this has got to go, this has got to go. Out came the tongue stud. Out came all the piercings and she threw them to the side. Now I'm ready to be baptized because I don't want anything to keep me from being everything God wants me to be. Come on now. Hallelujah. So what a gift it is of the Holy Ghost. When you sow to the spiritual, you'll reap the spiritual and draw from His power in your time of need. He's an ever-present help in your time of need. Sister Skiles and I were in Kenya and we arrived there and we hit the ground running. We were there on Tuesday. Wednesday night we're preaching. Well, it takes a day to get over jet lag if you're lucky. If you're fortunate. We don't believe in luck, but if you're fortunate, you know, and by the grace of God, you get your backside in bed we tried to rest we got up the next day and we began to preach and it was wonderful we had a beautiful service after service after service but about that second day we're in the third day we're in that hotel God's moving in that service and they we'd preach we'd eat and go back to the hotel good doctrine preach eat and rest Rinse and repeat. Amen. I'd hit that bed and thank God for air condition. Amen. Those folks don't use air condition a lot, but these Americans did. Amen. We maxed it out the whole week. Hallelujah. They got them ductless air. Sister Scholars put it on 17, I think 16, whatever was the lowest thing. I said, we're going to freeze it up. She said, well, amen, we're going to be cool. So here we are. But we're enjoying ourselves there, and we're resting. And in the middle of the night, about 3.14 in the morning, I had my CPAP mask on me. I was in Nana land. I was asleep in REM sleep. Amen. That CPAP mask goes on, and I got all the oxygen that I want, and I'm just there resting, getting a deep sleep and something abruptly woke me up. A devil from out of hell came and began to attack me right there in my bed. I began to feel like something was sitting on my stomach. I couldn't even hardly get up and I got up and everything you can imagine was going through my mind. It was an absolute demonic attack from hell and all I can tell you is thank God I knew the word of God. Thank God I knew how to plead the blood of Jesus. Thank God I knew the authority that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. And I sat there on my bed and I put my feet on the ground and I just began to plead the blood and plead the blood and plead the blood and plead the blood. I began to bind the enemy. God said, start quoting the scripture. I said, devil, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I said, 
Upon this rock, he said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I said, Jesus hung on the cross and shed his blood and it was finished that day. It was finished. I'm telling you, for 25 minutes, I sat there and I fought on the side of that bed. Ooh, I couldn't, it just, it was unbelievable. I can't even tell you the things that came through. It was an absolute diabolical, demonic witchcraft attack. And I, but we pled the blood. And guess what? I found out one more time Jesus wins. The blood wins. The devil's defeated. So you better know in whom you have believed. You better know you're where people say, oh, I plead the blood. I said, you ain't went through this. I said, when you go through this, you'll understand the power in the blood. If there's one thing I can say, I've got a newfound respect. I've got a newfound esteem. I've got a newfound trust and the power in the blood of Jesus. Sister Skiles grabbed my arm. She got in about 15 minutes. Amen. Praying with me. Grabbed that arm. We're binding the enemy. The Spirit of God said, speak this. One can take a thousand, two, ten thousand. Oh, she never let go. Amen. I said, come on. Let's bind our faith together. We're binding this together. We're fighting that devil. Whoo. I ain't never went through anything like that in my life. And I've been a Christian 33 years. I never experienced anything like that. Never went through that. But God said, you see, he said the power of God prevails because of the blood. Because of the power of the cross. I'd speak in tongues, felt like I was coming up for air. I'd go back down. I'm fighting some more. I got my shield of faith and my sword of the spirit. I'm quoting that word. I said, devil, my God said in his word, he said that that all power, all power under heaven and earth has been given unto him to tread upon scorpions and serpents. And he gave that power to us. It just began to go. I told Angel, I'm all right. I'm all right. I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, that devil knows we're here. I called Oben Okello. He said, oh, brother. He said, you have been attacked by a territorial demon. I said, all I can tell you right now is this. We prayed and pled the blood, and I found out it ain't my power. It's his power. You better know the power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every stronghold, to break every attack, to break it all. There's power. So you better sow to the word of God. Because there's going to come a time when you're going to need him. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so grateful. Listen to your pastor. When you need a miracle working power to act on your behalf, he shows up. They lost the exit. He lost the exit. How? In the process of service. 
I've seen more people in the church backslide in the process of serving. That's why in new life, we want you to be in church and not just come and work when it's your time to work. We don't want you to come and usher and then not see you for another three weeks. We don't want you to come and teach and then you not come back to the house of God. We don't want you to come and serve but not come and sit and come enjoy the presence of God. We want you to be empowered. We want God to do something in you because if you don't have anything that God has deposited in you, you can't serve Him adequately. That's why we need to be in the house of God while we serve. But so many people, even in serving, they've got lost and lost that axe head in the process of serving. Don't backslide sitting on a church chair. Don't backslide on a musical instrument or singing behind a mic. Don't backslide while you're in some ministry and leadership. Don't lose that fire. If you're not where you used to be, then you've lost something. You need to go back where that axe head fell in the water. Whoo! Well, hear your pastor. In the process of service, he lost the axe head. Even in the midst of trying to do right and working for the Lord, we can become careless, prayerless, Wordless. Axe heads don't just fall off suddenly. They become loose. And they slowly fall off. I don't know how they backslid. I can tell you how. They started in the front. And then they moved four or five chairs back. And a couple months later, they're back even further. And before you know it, they're back there at the very back of the church. And just because you're sitting at the back of the church doesn't mean you're backslid. Okay? I'm not trying to be funny, but I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. I want you to understand, though, I have watched people. And then you see them hit and miss. And then you don't see them at all. There's somebody that the Lord just laid upon my heart just now as we were up here singing and getting ready. And he said, where have they been? I thought, Lord, I haven't seen them. Amen. It's time to make a phone call. Praise God. You know, we get so self-absorbed in our life that we forget and we don't look around the building. We don't pay attention to who's not here. Are you hearing me? Church, it's not just the pastor's responsibility to make sure that people know that they're loved and they're included. Come on. I try my best to go through this place and work the, work the congregation and love people and really show them. I mean it with all my heart to, to encourage them and, and, and let them know that they're loved and praying for you and, and involved in their life. I'm a pastor. I love being around people. Pastor Ben wouldn't hardly let us do anything. He'd shuffle us out. I know he was trying to kind of protect us because there's a lot of people in there and they want to be around you, but I snuck out. It's not like I could be, you know, obscure. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you without stating the obvious. And I walked down the aisle and one man said, what are you doing? I said, this is what I do. I love people. I said, I'm just out here just meeting people. He just looked at me like, you're not supposed to be here. And I said, let me tell you something. I came all this way not to just be up there and be somebody behind the pulpit 
that's untouchable. I'm touchable, brother, let me tell you. So I went up there on that platform. I'm talking to the band that played behind me. You know, and, and you're not just a nobody. You're somebody in the kingdom of God. You're not better than me. I'm not better than you. We're part of this body. I'm not elite. Amen. I'm not above you. I'm nothing. Amen. We're all the same in God's eyes. Come on. And I went around there. Amen. I didn't spend too much time because I knew I'd get in trouble. But I went back. Shuffled back in there, but I said, this is what I do. I'm loving everybody because that's what I do. Getting back to this. Axe heads don't just fall off suddenly. They become loose and slowly fall off with only thing left is a wooden handle. Do you know that that wooden handle is a symbol of the flesh? Wood, hay, and stubble will burn up in the fire. Only pure gold and precious metals will make it through the fire. Only that which is of gold in your life will make it. Many professing Christians and churches operate with just a handle and not the cutting edge of the axe head. I've been to those churches. Amen. They call them churches. I call them funeral homes. Oh, pastor, you're horrible. No, I'm real. I'm real. We're in a dispensation of the Spirit of God. And if the Spirit of God is absent from the church where that calls itself a church, there's a problem. Because you're misrepresenting the real true God. The reality of His Spirit. That's why, amen, we're not everything that I wish we were or God wants us to be. But I thank God that there's some fire and some oil in this building. Because people have prepared and, 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 and set the table for the presence of God to come. And we entertain the presence of God. And we, we allow, in, in essence, by submitting to the Spirit of God, freedom to work. And people want to come to the altar. We don't tell them, no, no, no. Not the time for the altar. Yes, if you got to come to the altar, come to the altar. You want to come down and praise God and lift your hands and jump? Then jump on. We want the Spirit of God to move. Some people don't like that. They're like, not my kind of church. Amen. It's best that you go down the road then. Because we'd rather, amen, don't get mad at me now. Don't think I'm being harsh. Amen. If you like Burger King, don't go to McDonald's. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you, if you like mocha salsa, don't go to Taco Bell because it ain't going to be the same. I want to be where the Spirit of God is. I want there to be freedom and liberty. Oh, God's so good. But this was a symbol of the flesh that, oh, that axe handle. We need the conviction of the Holy Ghost. We need the two-edged sword to, to, to begin to cut going in and cut coming out. To go to the very depth, the bone, the marrow, the discerning between flesh and spirit, between soul and spirit, the discerning of that. Amen. There's sometimes the, the Spirit of God moves through His Word and He pierces deep and He's trying to get to the root of things. You'll watch people, oh, they love it as long as it's not touching the real problem. But when that word begins to peg that real problem, people come up and they get mad. I've had them come up. They praise God. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm the best preacher they ever heard in their life. About that sixth week, they hear something that they don't like. They come up, were you talking about me? And I said, apparently. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Oh, I had a woman one time I preached on adultery and fornication, and we only had like 25 people. And 80% of them were old ladies, amen, elderly ladies. Had a lot of elderly ladies in the church. And I thought, Lord, for surely they're not fornicating and adulterating. And God said, you leave that questioning up to me. You let me do my work. You do what I tell you to do. I didn't ask you to think for me. I asked you to obey me. You preach on that. I'm telling you, I preach on fornication and adultery. And I had about six or seven elderly women, older women, get up in that altar. And they're weeping in the altar. I thought, Lord, what in the name of heaven is going on in this, these ladies? The confessions of things that people said to me. Oh, my goodness. The things that people said that they were, these women were involved in. I had one woman, I won't, nobody knows who I'm talking about, but one woman in particular said, I was having sex with a man for groceries. I said, my goodness. I just couldn't believe that, all that. And that's happening in the altar. Well, thank God for the ones that repented. I had a lady come up afterwards. She said, who told you I had a man friend? I said, you. Be careful, your sins will find you out. Repent, and God won't expose. But thank God when he preaches or has somebody preach the word of God that digs deep. Amen. You know, when you throw a rock in a pack of dogs, the one that you hit is the one that barks. So if the word of God hits you, don't get mad. Get right. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the two-edged sword of the Word. And we need the anointing that breaks the yoke. The cardinal mistake is to have a handle without an axe head. It's a form of godliness denying the power. Church, I'm telling you, God's been talking to me and He said what is important about my church that makes it my church is that it is a church that is exercised in godliness. Amen. You may get a little prosperity on the way. You may get a blessing along the way. But the most important thing about you and your life in this church and what God is doing is that you become like Him. Every message should compel you and exercise you unto godliness. That's what the Word of God must be preached to do. That's what we're called to do. He said, Be ye holy as your Father which is in heaven is holy. Without holiness no man shall see God. And so there has to be that preaching in the house of God. And you want that because you want to be close to God. You don't want to be distant from God. When you need a miracle, you want to be able to call out to the God that knows your name and you know His name in power and authority. We don't want to be a powerless church in a, in a godless age. Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be a witness of the power. I remember in the early 90s or mid 90s, Adrian Downs went into the Mazelon prison and as he was walking out, because you only had so much time, there was a little, little old man there about 80, 90 pounds, skinny, blonde-headed kid and as Adrian walked by him he started growling. Well, Adrian said I knew he had a devil in him so he said I just reached down there and I whispered in his ear he might have grabbed his head but he said devil let him go and he walked out 
Four years later, five years later, he comes back to Mazatlan, and here comes this blonde-headed kid with glasses. Adrian Downs, do you remember me? He said, I don't remember you. He said, you came, you laid hands on me and told that devil to come out. And he said, when you walked out that door, he walked out behind you. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You hear me? You shall receive power. When we went to, Elisa was there, my wife was there. Lisa Wagner, years ago, we went into CRC prison, probably 1997 or 98. We went in there. I was the only guy there, and I had five or six girls in my team there. And we preached to those women. I had a woman come up at the end of that service. It looked like she was nine months pregnant. That's what I thought. She said, would you please pray for me? I thought, Lord, she needs deliverance. I mean, real deliverance, you know, like this baby's going to come any time, We gathered around her. We laid hands on her. She wept and cried. Loved on her. The bell rang. Here we go. We got to go. Went home. I don't know if it was the next month or two months later. We come back into CRC. Here comes this girl. How are you guys doing? I said, we're great. She said, so glad you're here. I wanted to share with you. And I'm looking at her. She said, do you remember when you were here last time? And I thought, yeah, you know, we come and go and She said, you guys laid hands on me. I thought, oh, she's the pregnant lady. Must have had her baby. She said, I was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver. And she said, you guys prayed for me. And when you left, that cirrhosis went behind you. Lisa's a a testimony of that. Angela's a testimony of that. That's a a miracle. And you know what? God, I I said, we don't even know who prayed the prayer of faith, but somebody did. Somebody touched heaven for that lady. And God said, you know what? Nobody needs to know because I want the glory, and it's my glory. I get the glory. I don't need anybody putting up a tent that says healing ministry now. Just operate and do what God told you to do. And when you need to see a miracle come to pass, He will begin to bring about the miracle. So He said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. The first step to reclaiming the power is confessing to God that I've lost it. And I need it. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody in here, there's not haves and have-nots. There's not people that, you know, are a little bit further down the road than others. Everybody in this place needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody needs to seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with evidence of speaking in tongues, you need to be in every altar service and believe God. But it didn't happen, Pastor. It took my brother Kevin, I don't know how many years, it's over 10 years but God filled him at a family camp in a cafeteria and the greatest outpouring we've ever seen in new life history all because Kevin said I'm tired of it not happening I saw the despair and the brokenness. Will you guys just please pray? I have to leave. God said, you ain't leaving yet. 
how he laid out the whole family. Amen. He's like Cornelius. Everybody got it. Amen. Kevin, Crystal, all of them, stammering lips, shaking hands. The Spirit of God fell upon all of them. Amen. It's beautiful. And he's just like a domino. Those that he began to hit, the Spirit of God, if they weren't right, he cleaned them up, then he filled them. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Some of them were coughing up devils and oppression, but God began to set them free and he filled them. And they're here today because you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the first step of reclaiming the power and the cutting edge is confessing it to God. Where did it fall? Jesus told Ephesus, the powerhouse church in the book of Revelation. He said, you lost something that marks you as my church. Remember from whence you are fallen and repent. So go back to where that axe head fell in the water. Leaders, pillars, those that are spiritual giants in the house. Are you where you used to be? God wants you at a greater place. There's no stagnancy in the things of God. Because that's death. He's a moving God. Amen. Even the cleansing. You don't know this, but you're going to see it when you go to Israel. Even the cleansing. They poured in those water pots and it was like one of them spiral things. You see them marbles of that piece of gum come down. You know why? Because God said there is life in that living water and it flows. It flows and it cleanses. Because they knew just plain old water in a pot is not moving. It's not got current in it. It doesn't have life. It cannot cleanse. But that which is moving. So they pour that water at the top and here it go and at the end of that it was the first plumbing God created the first plumbing here come that water down there like a faucet it wash in that think about it oh my God where did it fall go back where the axe head fell go back to when you loved me radically go back when you worshipped me passionately Go back when you served me faithfully. Go back when you couldn't, couldn't stand being out of the house of God. Now you'll stay home for anything. Come on now. Go back when you couldn't wait to get to the house of God. When your pastor got saved, I went to that house of God. I got saved on a Sunday morning and Sunday night. I was there ready for the second dose. Amen. I was ready for the second dip. They had Wednesday night service. Here I was. My family's looking at me. What are you doing? I said, I'm going to church. Didn't you go Sunday? I said, yeah, twice, and I can't get enough. Amen. I just got to have more. I'm standing there, and the pastor pulled up in his white Cadillac. Deville, Brome, amen. It was beautiful, let me tell you. But here he pulled up. What are you doing here? I said, I'm waiting on you to open the door. My God, I'm ready to have church. Come on in, son. I said, amen. God touched me this morning. Jesus got a hold of my soul and he won't let me go. I don't want him to let go. He apprehended me and now I'm trying to grasp and get what he gave to me. More of it. <laughs> but where are you at today? Have you lost that axe head? When the interruption of devotion and prayer upset you so much, you be in an altar, somebody disturb your prayer meeting. Oh, remember those days when it bothered you? 
Go back to the place you lost your axe head. There is symbolism and types in this account. I want you to hear me and hear me loudly and clearly. Elisha didn't use the handle of the prophet to make the axe head swim. No, no. The Bible says he said, where did it fall? Right here. He didn't say, give me that axe, head, that axe handle. No, no. That's a man-made thing. He went over and he cut down a stick, a branch. That's exactly what it says. He cut it down. I thought, Lord, he had to have had an axe head to cut that down. Thank God for preachers that come and preach under an anointing. I know that there is a, a, a church age and a church element and community that, that does not want to honor the anointing upon a preacher or a pastor. I'm telling you though, thank God for men of God that come and preach, that have prayed and sought God. We're not perfect, but when God anoints you and He speaks, thank God for the voice of God. I lay in that altar just like any person that's not a hireling but a shepherd, and I say, God, help me to paint with a broad brush. Not a broad way, but a broad brush, because I got people that are seasoned veterans in the house. I got people that are babies that just got saved I got people in the middle of the road that are struggling and they're going through things even leaders and pillars that are struggling I got babies I need you to speak a word to me that everybody can receive and hear it's not over anybody's head or so low and dumbed down that they can't receive please help me that old man of God grabbed his axe head or knife or whatever he had and he chopped off a stick and he threw that in the water. Just like when Moses had to make the, the waters of Mara that were bitter, clean and potable and drinkable. He went and grabbed a branch and he threw it in the water. That branch, that stick is the cross. It's the power in the cross. And it's not just the cross, but it's the Jesus that hung on the cross. Because the Bible says he's a root out of Jesse. He's a branch. He's a branch. Amen. He's a branch, my God, that got over that wall. Come on now. He's a branch. He's the power of God. And that branch was thrown in that water. And the miracle working power in the cross began to cause that axe head. Amen. It's symbolic in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, we know Jesus spoiled principalities and made a show of the devil openly. He's under our feet. Everything we need in God, he has the power and has given us the power to do in the work of the cross. That's why you got to preach the cross. Not motivation. Redemption. Not prosperity, but salvation. Had somebody that came and they said, ah, I thought you preached prosperity. I said, I do, but it's the cross. Just get saved. You'll be blessed. Amen. You'll be blessed. You need, Paul said, to the, the cross to those that are perishing is foolish. Foolishness. But unto us that are saved, it's the power of God. It's the power of God. You're sitting here today delivered from drugs, delivered from every other kind of thing that had you bound because of the cross. The cross. 
People say, do you have a program of restoration, recovery, celebrate recovery, or this and that for the people on drugs? I said, yes. They come to the foot of the cross and God delivers them. I've seen too many meth addicts delivered in one altar call. I've seen too many alcoholics delivered in one altar call. I've seen too many perverts, too many thieves, too many, you know, whatever. And they have been delivered in one altar call. Come to the foot of the cross. Oh, there's no other explanation. Just come. He said, He'll save you. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Elisha didn't use a handle, he cut down a stick and threw it into the Jordan. Jesus injected himself into the recovery and redemption and reconciliation of the soul of man. Yes, he did. Years ago, let me give you an example. We went to Havasu, and Sister Scalds and I were on a sea do, and she mashed on the gas and turned too quick. And the sea do went that way, and I went that way. And my $165 Oakley glasses that are probably $250 now, five years later or more, went off in the water. I saw them. They went, I thought, I'm trying to locate them. Couldn't find them. They were lost. You know, there's sins we want to be lost and buried and never be drudged up again. But on the flip side of that, God sees valuable souls and he said what seems to be like an impossibility the murky muddy water you can't find it not to mention the current that's pulling it every second it's pulling so when the oakleys were right there i'm telling you a minute later they're down 10 feet away and good good luck finding them i can tell you but I, I, that he registered with me and god said i want you to tell the people that he said what was seemed like an absolute impossibility there's no way it's impossible impossible for that axe head to be found it's gone it's it's in the muddy water. But the, our Jesus, amen, he left the throne of glory. He came down here to this earth and he injected himself into this ungodly world, hung on an old rugged cross so he could reach down in impossible situations and bring people up and give them a cutting edge to get back on their feet, amen. Redemption is redeeming you and restoring you back, reconciling you back to where you were before and God does that but then just like the prophet said he said that axe head surface now reach out and grab it what people don't realize is that what God does in the power of redemption is give you and I visibility he says can you see that the hope and the possibility is right in front of you what you thought was never possible now you're seeing it is possible oh more people should be clapping 
he reached down through that muddy, mucky water and he said, Jonathan Skiles is a treasure. I'm going to bring out a darkness. Amen. I'm going to reach down there and pull up an Angela Hottinger. I'm going to reach down there and pull up an Esther Salazar. I got an I see a Bella Lascari. I'm reaching down and I'm pulling her up. People thought there's no way I'm ever going to overcome this. There's no way I'm ever going to see my way out of this. There's no way. It's not possible. But God said I'll make that axe head to float. And what you didn't have the power to do, you now can do. Well, pastor, that doesn't work for me. Yeah, it does. You're not working with it. That's why he said, I made it float. You grab it. The Spirit of God ministers to people. He gives them faith. He shows them mercy. He puts in their heart, you know what? Is the possibility for me to be free? For me to be forgiven? Is it really possible? Is it within my reach? God gives me a clear mind. You know, when your mind was bombarded or people are bound, God frees you and he untangles you. He untangles you. He takes the chains off and he liberates you. And he brings you to a place where you're like, you know what, this is possible. I don't have to believe the lies of the devil anymore that it's never ever going to happen. That ex-head did float. Just imagine yourself. You're that ex-head on the bottom of that lake, that river, that Jordan River. And I'm going to tell you, I've been to the Jordan River. It's muddy. It's muddy. It's dirty. Where we were at, it was muddy. It looked like coffee cream, creamer and coffee. That's the color of it. It was muddy. But God reached down. You're the axe head. You're the axe head. What you couldn't do yesterday, he's saying today, I will surface and I will give you a faith and a hope. It is possible. It is possible. You mean I could have a drug-free night? Come on. You mean I can have a night where I'm free from the torment of the enemy? You mean I can have a night where the anxiety doesn't overwhelm me and absolutely debilitate me to depression? That's beyond my... Do you mean to tell me that the, the power of God is there when the devil comes and he tries to fight me and tries to uh, torment me? And Yeah, on the side of that bed, I found out that there's a cutting edge in God. Amen. And that blood cut through all of that attack. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 The cutting edge of the power of God, it's for you and I today. It's ours. What are you going to do with it? Don't sit there one more service. Don't sit there one more service. You say, this, this, this preacher has spoken to me. There's a possibility for me. Do you know that that axe head to float was a miracle? Salvation is a miracle. There's somebody in here, somebody in here, maybe a couple people. You've been away from God for a while. And the Lord said, in your mind, you've toyed with the thought of serving God again. But you've not stepped into the fullness and the, 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 
the manifestation of that because you have said within your heart, number one, either God can't do it or I don't think that I have the ability to keep myself and stay at that place. Let me tell you something. It's not your power. It's not your power. It's, it's by grace that you're saved. That debilitates people. They just, they're like, I, I, I can't live for God. I've never been able to. I'm just nothing but a big failure. Well, join the club. I'm a big failure. We're all big failures. And if anybody in here thinks that they're not, you need to be the first one in the altar. Because we all, amen, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. And he performs a miracle and he surfaces that axe head and you're like, wow, do you mean I can actually have the power to overcome and see God build in my life and change my life? He reached down into the abyss where nobody would go, where nobody could go, where I was lost beyond repair or lost beyond rescue. And God rescued you. Because he loves you. You're valuable to God. You have value and meaning. You need a miracle in your life. You come to the right place. I'm a miracle. She's a miracle. She's a miracle. If I pass this microphone around and you heard where God brought some of these people from, Especially some of the women in here, amen, and men. But you think, oh, these ladies are all dressed up. They look so wonderful and beautiful. Got their hair all fixed and makeups, you know, on point and dressed to the nines and everything. You don't know where they came from. You don't know what God did in their life. Amen. You don't know where they came from. But you know what? God takes our sin. And he removes it as far as the east is from the west. He throws it in the sea and he remembers it no more. So everything you've ever done, when you come and you put it under the blood, it's gone. Only the devil's the accuser of the brethren. But you know what? He's a liar and the father of all lies. You don't listen to him. You listen to what God says about you. And he says, I love you. And I forgive you. And I want to change you. And give you that cutting edge in your life. That ability to have a godly marriage. That ability to have a marriage where it's healed and restored. That that place where you say, you know what? I can have victory and I can walk in victory. Sin does not have to have dominion over me anymore. The cutting edge is returned and restored. That's you and I today. That's you and I today. I've done too much, Pastor. No, you haven't. Lie. I can't make it, Pastor. Yes, you can. Lie number two. I, 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 maybe next week. Lie number three. You may not have next week. Today is your day of salvation. 
Sister Lupe, would you come? Would you bow your heads in prayer?